Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast where two brothers talk about and review recent movies. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And this week we're going to be talking about the film Hotel Artemis. It came out recently. Uh, before we get into that movie, we wanted to give a genre recommendation. Um, because Hotel Artemis does a good job setting up sort of a, a world, this week we're going to give our favorite created crime world in a film. And for me, one that it came out pretty recently, but I feel like I could watch a movie without the main characters in this world is John Wick. And there's a couple of really cool things that they do where... You know, with the gold coins, they're able to hire people to clean up dead bodies and stay in this shared hotel where all these different kind of assassins and mafia members go. And it's supposed to be like a safe place. But I just think the world they create in John Wick is really compelling. And I would watch a movie even without Keanu Reeves, like about that sort of crime world. I think they do a good enough job setting that up. I really like that one. Oh, interesting. I have not seen that one, but I should add it to my list. Uh, so Reed told me to think of create a, a movie about a created crime world, and I I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. <laughs> Not a recognizable genre on TV TVTropes.com, but that's all right. Uh, the movie that I thought of was uh, Sneakers. Yes. Does that count? I think so. Okay. Is I didn't. Okay. Uh, I love that movie, and it's all about a crime. Uh, and these two friends whose lives diverge, and so clever and. Uh, the writing's really good. The characters are great. So It's so interesting, that movie. And I think what I've noticed now in our recommendations is we often do movies that we owned when we were younger. Like, I remember having the VHS of Sneakers as a kid. Yeah. And watching it pretty frequently. And, and loving it. Like, I love that story. And so I, I watched it, and my wife was so skeptical. She thought it was going to be so bad. And then she thought it was great, because it is great. It's such a good movie. Yeah, that's awesome. It is a great movie. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like it's that it's a safe movie to share with other people, because like, it's just winsome. It's good stuff. Well, let's talk about Hotel Artemis. Uh, this movie didn't get a lot of kind of press. I don't think it was sort of widely advertised. It seems pretty specific genre-y movie that might not have as wide of appeal, but definitely right up my alley. I love these kind of movies. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think sort of creating this interesting world for the characters. It's set a little bit in the future. Uh, and then I think what's most I- important about this is sticking to a set of rules. And so I feel like they do a good job sort of, I don't know, defining the rules for this hotel and, and setting it. And then the actions that the characters take uh, i think makes sense in context of those rules yeah uh, yeah i agree with all that and then i i would add also i love these kind of films where it takes place in some big event like there's the riots going on but it's it's about a little pocket or it's just narrows it zooms in on one little group of people and what's happening to them and doesn't try to explain everything and doesn't you know do, there's no heroic ending or whatever i love i love these kind of films too where it's just very yeah drills deep down into a couple of people yeah and i mean gosh so smart to plan a robbery during a riot where it's just like you're not gonna get the police responding don't get any ideas read well there aren't very many riots but that's what's that's what's stopping (laughs) okay perfect i don't know what do you how did you feel about the sort of character creation i don't did you think they were compelling that they made sense in their actions yeah i mean i thought i thought it was great i thought it was um I loved all the characters and it was very clear, you know, they kind of, they all wanted something clearly that, you know, that was clearly delineated and, um, 
Except I would say maybe for Jodie Foster's character, which was a little more complicated and a little more shrouded in mystery for a lot of, or the beginning of the film at least. Um, but yeah, it was like, I thought very good character writing. Yeah, and I think, you know, at the heart of it, it's this brother who, you know, could have had a better life on his own, but felt a family tie and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't leave wouldn't leave his brother behind and that was important to him and that I don't know that motivation was pretty clear even when his brother would make mistakes or kind of messed up with taking those diamonds or being you know addicted to drugs it just yeah I liked how he was just so committed to his family yeah I would say for me the one big it's kind of a big problem I, I don't know maybe it's not that big but the one problem was the brother steals the pen unknowingly unwittingly um, owned by the wolf and then it's this huge deal that he did it everyone freaks out when they figure out what happened even he does but well two things wouldn't he have seen the wolf logo on it when he picked it up he looked at it didn't he i mean but the bigger one is okay you have this thing and you have it and um the crime boss kills you if you steal from him just hide the pen (laughs) Like, that's a very easy thing to hide. I don't, I just could not ever figure out why they freaked out. And then in his, when he finally confronts the son, um, that robber immediately and without any prompting admits that he has the pen, which is insane. Well, and it's like the conflict, why the wolf showed up at that hotel was not to get the pen back. No. They, they had no idea that this pen was stolen from them. Yeah. Like put the pen in your shoe and then don't talk about it again. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's like, it causes a lot of concern. It sort of builds all this tension, but then it's yeah. not really a central point to the... Yeah, a lot of the tension is it sort of feels unnaturally trumped up because of that, for me, just just because it seemed like so easy to solve the problem. But yeah, like, they just kept talking about it the whole freaking movie. Yeah, for me, I think the one character that didn't quite make sense to me was Zachary Quinto's character, The Son. I mean, he just... I, I guess you learn that he's like the youngest child of the wolf but the way he acted or the, his his motivation just wasn't totally well and why his, why his father hated him or it just was kind of confusing it felt it felt it felt a little uh like they were appealing to that trope of the son who disappoints his father and not i mean they definitely didn't explain it but i, I think they didn't even really play it consistently yeah it just came out of it was so sudden when the when the father was leaving the son at the gate and he was like well whatever he said it was like, uh, what? That was weird. And not, not necessary, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would have changed the story for him to be yeah. really proud of his son. It would make his, the son's reaction make more sense when he thinks his dad is dead. Yeah. And I feel like if, he, if the point of that scene was to show that Zachary Kinto's character would do anything to prove how, you know, how, much of a, how much he is like his father and not, you know, not soft, then as soon as the robber showed him the pen, he should have shot him. I don't know. Like that's that's the bad a thing to do. So do it to because we, you've set it up where the son has to prove how tough he is. So don't set him up like that if he's not gonna ever actually come through. Well, he does blow that ring up and like sends the guys into the building. Uh, it's, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, might as well talk about it right now because we're talking about the confrontation with the pen. Why did Zachary Quinto go down to the lobby of that hotel? Why did that confrontation even happen? Yeah, the, no one knows. I mean, they, those guys should have just been able to get away without any pro. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Okay. We haven't talked about Charlie Day uh, or the female assassin, Dave Bautista. Uh, I mean, I think they all have a couple of really fun dialogue scenes. I mean, I think the interactions between Charlie Day 
the assassin were just i don't know well scripted i think they it just showed what those characters were like and how they talked i feel like they felt really built out even though you don't spend that much time with them yeah i think that's true like uh it didn't explain a lot of the stuff that they would have naturally known because they knew each other they didn't waste time with that kind of bad writing stuff oh and jenny slate shows up as a police officer yeah which mm, i change her outfit i don't understand that didn't seem like such a big deal either like just don't tell anyone she's police yeah change her shoes let her borrow your shoes so that i mean it was fine i think it just added a layer of complexity and lets you get into jodie foster's relationship with her son because she's yeah of that. well it also it also i think it's it's important for the theme and the plot of the movie because the there there's this idea that you always keep the rules at the hotel and then everything goes well if you keep the rules and it's important i think from almost a greek tragedy kind of point of view that not only the cast of patients and guests at the hotel broke the rules that night but it's important that jodie foster's character herself also broke the rules because then she's implicated in the in the chaos or the destruction uh, that comes next oh that's a good point i hadn't thought about it like that but i like that a lot yeah. I love Dave Dave Batista's character was so funny. Oh man. I wanted him to do more. Yeah, he's it's kinda crazy how good he is in sort of that comedic timing. Yeah. He's this amazing funny guy trapped in the body of the guy who beats up amazing funny guys. <laughs> well, it's just like the first movie I remember him from was James Bond Spectre. I don't I don't think he he might have <laughs> one line of dialogue. Uh huh. So yeah, I think he's come a long way, which is good for him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. I read, um, I read that that they didn't that they made this for super low money and didn't pay these guys a lot of money. Uh, but but that's surprising because I thought it just had a great cast. Oh, did you see how long it took to make this movie? Like, I just wonder if they just tried to really make it fast. No, I don't remember if I saw the number of days they shot. I love the art design of the movie too. Just the feeling in there and the those great murals and the great the names of the rooms that are all um beach resort type places yeah i just think they did a good job with all sort of the background design and then it just lets you be in the world and enjoy the story i think it was really impressive yeah should we move on to what we googled after this movie yeah i'm i was curious if artemis what artemis what the word artemis meant uh, and if it was related to um i thought maybe it would be something to do with a resort town kind of a thing but it turns out it's Artemis is the name of the Greek goddess of the hunt, um, the sister of Apollo. Um, so I guess they are all on some kind of a hunt. I don't know. They're all being hunted. Oh, interesting. I don't know if there's really a meaning behind it. I, I didn't look it up in the context of the movie, but... It's like, it sounds cool. We like this. <laughs> are there any other uh, likes or dislikes you want to make sure we're talking about? Mm, no. I don't know. I thought the idea of having a little 3D uh, printer for organs was cool. I didn't get why... So the liver that she was producing for him to replace the one that was shot was bad because he'd done heroin. But that seems weird because it seems like in 3D printing of organs, you'd use DNA to get a perfect match. And how much heroin or alcohol you've had doesn't affect your DNA. That bothered me. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I need to consult a doctor on that one. Yeah. Uh, the other the other thing was, nice. or the last thing, the last thing that I, I noticed uh, that I thought was interesting was that scene where the assassin kills Jeff Goldblum. That was pretty intense, right? To just because you had been set up where 
she was doing it while recording it for the pleasure of her client. Yeah. And it just made it where, you, I, for me, I watched that murderer in a way I don't think I usually watch murders in movies, which is like to think she's getting pleasure out of it or someone is, and he plays along with it where he's, he, he kind of, you know, accepts that this is his fate and um, makes a quip to her right before it happens. It I was love- just, it, it, was such, it was a weird murder scene. I love the dialogue in that scene where it's just like, he's like, I'll pay you more. And she's like, don't give them your dignity. Yeah. And he's like, all right, send me down the river. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't really talked, we haven't talked too much about the sort of the violence or the fighting in this movie. And there's not so much. I mean, a lot, I thought there was going to be more going into it, but they spent a lot of the movie sort of building up the tension. And then you see, you know, that really violent scene. And then Dave Bautista and the assassin in the hallway sort of holding off all the thugs. But I think they leave it a little bit ambiguous, like, do they survive or not? Until the very end, and you see the light turn on, and it's like Dave Bautista did survive, and you see, like, the flash of the female assassin moving through the moving through the hotel, which just made me happy to think that they're, they're still out there. Yeah, yeah. I thought you would think, I mean, the way it's cut, you think Dave Bautista's going to die in that fight for sure. Right, definitely. And, and then he comes back, yeah. Yeah, it's satisfying. Uh, I thought the, the Asian bank robber was going to come back in some way. I was very surprised that he never did. Oh yeah. Just, they just forget about him. Yeah. I feel like he should have, I don't know, helped Zachary Quinto's character out somehow or something to get revenge on the, on the hotel. And then what do you think, uh, about Jodie Foster character's choice to stay? I like it. Cause I mean, she spent all of her life or well, recent life fixing up criminals and now she's just going to try to help everybody. I think it makes sense. She's had sort of this change of heart through the course of the movie. Yeah. You think you'd get out because it's like such a bad place to live? I think so because I feel like she was doing it in large part because of how bad she felt about her son's death but she'd been given new knowledge that should free her from that. You know. But that let her wasn't... go outside. Okay. Only to go back inside though? What kind of victory is that? She didn't go back into the hotel. You didn't think she was going back to the hotel at the end? No, no, no. She went into the crowd of the rioters. To go back to the hotel? I don't think she's ever going back to the hotel. She gave the keys to Dave Bautista. She said, take good care of it. I don't think she ever went back to the hotel. Oh, I assumed for sure she was going back to the hotel. And now I can't remember the details uh, why I did that. Uh, I hope she didn't in my heart. <laughs> yeah, she needs to do something positive. But she can't help normal people because she can't practice medicine. She can fi- fi- uh, Legally. Sure, but she can fix people up in the riot. Oh, uh, okay. So she'll be a field medic for a few days. And then she'll figure it out. <laughs> you don't have to have it all planned at once. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what happened to her. I, that's interesting that you say I hope she doesn't go back. Because I actually, in my heart, I was like, oh, I hope she goes back to be with Dave Batista. They're such a good pair. They do have a great back and forth. That's true. And they love each other. It's nice. Platonically, though, right? I hope so. Because there's a big age gap. <sighs> yep. So what would you rate this movie out of five? Uh, I would give this one a four. Even though it had a, the major plot problem, I just, I, lo- I, liked, uh, I liked watching it. I liked the characters. I could keep watching them. Yeah, I'm going to give this movie a five. I just think it was so enjoyable for me. It's the type of movie I like to watch. It's fun. It moves at a good pace. I feel like I could have spent more time in this world. Yeah, so I'll give it a five. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, we'll give a recommendation for something else we've been watching, reading, listening to. For me, this week, I've been uh, reading a book that was recommended to me by my wife. Uh, it's a movie that's coming out later this summer. 
called Crazy Rich Asians. And it's very easy, quick read. I think it does a really good job in the description of the sort of opulent life that these super rich Singaporeans live. And I just started reading it and read for a couple of hours, couldn't put it down. It was just so kind of fun. And I, I like feeling that way with books. So Crazy Rich Asians, you can read it ahead of the movie coming out later this summer. Yeah, cool. And I'm sure we'll be doing a TBR on Crazy Rich Asians. So TBD. TBD. No, let's <laughs> D it now. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll do it. <laughs> let's do it. I'm excited for that movie. Uh, okay. And for me, I've been watching a lot of the World Cup this week. It's been awesome. And I highly recommend it. You have a uh, two and a half weeks left. Something like that. And uh, I, I think it's probably good that the United States is not in it uh, because that gives you permission and the freedom to choose another team that actually might win. So enjoy that. Oh, aren't, aren't people really upset with or like getting after Donovan Mitchell for supporting Mexico? Landon Donovan? That's what I mean, Landon Donovan. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's getting some crap. Don't That's... be public with your support for foreign countries. But you can do it. <laughs> Don't be public with your support for foreign countries if you scored the most goals for the United States of any player ever. All right. A small <laughs> subset of our listeners will qualify for that. Uh, who who are you follow, Who are you cheering for, Reed? If you had to pick one, man, I have watched maybe fifteen minutes of soccer so far. Okay. I think it's kind of crazy, but ESPN has no rights to highlights. So I was watching yeah. ESPN, and they were just showing still photos, and I was like, "Man, this is so terrible." <laughs> That's I thought I thought it's like a I don't know public use law or something that you everyone can do highlights. Uh, the clip I was watching on ESPN did not show any highlight video. Yeah, interesting. They must not have permission. And I just thought this has to be so bad for them. Yeah, yeah, that's, they're probably getting killed. And the honestly, the Fox soccer commentators, especially the studio group, is so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is so bad. But the soccer's been amazing. England got a winner in the 92nd minute by our main man, Harry Kane, who uh, is one of our own, as we say at Tottenham. <laughs> paired, paired with a virtual man-of-the-match performance by Kieran Trippier, also Tottenham man, who has... Uh, created more goal-scoring opportunities so far than any other player in the World Cup. All right, well, that's great. Tottenham players are following up their Champions League win with this World Cup, or how did they do this last season? Building blocks, Reed. <laughs> Building right. blocks. Thanks for joining us this week for Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Uh, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And my roommate has a minion. That's weird. You've had better quips. <laughs> 